Hey everyone, it's Jana here with Jen Sven and it's Ojima Day 20. Um, yeah, I'm just having a little walk back home instead of yoga this morning, so very sad to, to miss out on yoga. So I'll see if I can, there are several yoga classes, so maybe I can make it up some other time. Um, Apparently there's a lovely yin class tomorrow evening, but I can't make that either. Um, yin yoga is um, it's, it's very restorative, so it's um, yeah, it's it's kind of the thing you need after a busy week. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, busy day at work yesterday, and and then I was playing ukulele, which was lovely, and. Um, yeah, so now I'm just going home to do a bit more work. Um, and we've got another... I thought I, I didn't have that much more to do, but no, <laughs> I have to. Um, we're we're going to go and um, try on school uniform. That's how they do it. So you go along, you try out, uh, you try lots of sizes on, and then you know what to order, and then you go home and you order it. So that's what we're doing this afternoon with Amelia for her secondary school uniform. Um... Uh, and then I think there's stuff happening tomorrow as well. Yes, and of course, scout camp um, preparation, uh, which is where Henry is going uh, next weekend. So yeah, it's all go. June is always a busy month for us. Now, speaking about busy months, um, uh, there's also, oh my God, <laughs> this is funny. There's one of these really little chocolate box houses. Um, and, uh, and someone's parked a Bentley in front of it. It's like the Bentley probably costs as much as the whole house. Uh, no, not really, but it must be a considerable chunk of the of the value of the house. That's just funny. There's tiny, tiny houses, and they've got these big, 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 all very expensive cars in front. Um. Anyway. Um, yeah, so what's happening in the world of politics? We get another big vote today. I think it's Prime Minister's question, seeing as it's Wednesday. And then afterwards, uh, MPs are going to vote on the meaningful vote amendments that the Lords kicked back or ping-ponged back into the Commons. So we'll see what the MPs make of that this time. Again, not holding my breath. See what the rebels are doing. They all seem to be up for a fight, but... Um, or not all of them. I've seen some of them tweet or being retweeted, but whether they'll actually go through with it in the end is another question. Um, and yeah, just taking a step back, this is just to remind us that um, nobody tries to frustrate anything here. This is just if the government comes back from negotiations with the EU, which is looking ever more likely, because um, there was not a lot of coverage in the UK press yesterday, apparently, about. Um, uh, the EU saying, well, there's not been a lot of progress on um, the Irish border. Um, so the EU is not quite happy with the progress that's been made so far. So all this meaningful vote amendment says is that if the UK government comes back in the autumn and says we haven't been able to negotiate anything or not anything um, substantial, that Parliament can then vote not to accept that 
um, and then Parliament can decide what exactly it is they want to happen, which is what they should have said in the first place, because the way the referendum legislation went was, what well, we'll ask the people for their opinion, and then Parliament has to put together what they... Um, they, Parliament has to decide what they want to, what they want to do about it, and of course that never happened because what we got instead is um, Theresa May and, and her and her cabinet decided what should happen, and Parliament just kind of voted along with everything. So um, uh, so in that that's all it means. And seeing as um, the assessments the government has done themselves. All of them show that the UK will be economically worse off after, um, with with whatever deal they go for, it will be worse than, than uh, the current EU membership arrangements. So, uh, but, but no deal at all would be completely catastrophic, and yet the government are still spoiling in that direction. Rees um, Mogg, as I said before, still frequently says that uh, and says that's what he wants and that's what he's aiming for. So um, all that would mean is that but I've seen Dominic Greaves been on the on the on, on, on sort of media outlets a bit over the last few days and and and, and has repeated that no deal would be absolutely catastrophic. And I think he needs to hammer that home a little bit more to people so people understand. You know, even those who think he's just trying to frustrate Brexit, that he, he wants to what he wants to avoid is a catastrophe. Um, that's what he, that's all he's doing. Um, so and that's all the means he's got. Um, just to put in that Parliament, you know, sovereignty of Parliament, blah blah blah, um, everything that so many people voted for. Um, that they should have a say. They should have a say to prevent absolute catastrophe. Um, that's all he's doing. Um, anyway, so yesterday at work I was um, training through, this is for work, okay, <laughs> I don't, um, well I suppose I could use, read the news in my lunch break, but um, yeah, I was going through the um, news a bit and um, uh, just to see what the latest is, um, so one, one thing that jumped out was that um, Philip Hammond, the Chancellor, said well, that 20 billion that got promised for the NHS, we said, well, every, every all the money in the pot is now is now taken up, so it's kind of all the money is, is allocated, so there won't be any additional money for anything um, after Brexit. Um, so, okay, so that didn't sound very good because you want to have a little bit of leeway. Um, I think there was a headline in the Express saying that the um, the payment for the NHS would come from tax rises, which is quite surprising. I don't know whether someone mocked that up. I haven't seen the actual Express, uh, or whether they've actually uh, got wise to it and want to want to tell their readers about it. I oh, know that's probably two different things, isn't it? They know full well they're spreading misinformation. Um, Oh yes, I heard a very interesting podcast about that. I mean, about more in a minute. Um, so yeah, so the other interesting thing I saw was that the EU saying, um, well, even after Brexit, they would still look to make sure that the UK doesn't give state aid to to companies. So because there were rules against favouring certain industries, certain companies. Um, so I thought, well, that's. Um, that's Corbyn's reason for, for Brexit, Scarpa Den, 
because that's that's partly what he wants to do I understand um, so even if he gets his hard Brexit um, do you, you would still try to prevent him from um, from favouring uh, certain industries um, I hope someone showed him that this was all on Bloomberg give him credit where it's due um, well then a big bigger story that I think also made it into the express but but under the usual, oh yeah, look at those Europeans, they're trying to, they're trying to, um, to throw us out of the security arrangements. But I think, wasn't that um, Theresa May's own claim when she was still Home Secretary before the referendum, where she said, we have to stay in the EU because it's safer, because we have so many security arrangements with them, and also the European arrest warrant, etc. And the EU are now rightly saying, well, we can't have a third country in there because... That wouldn't be um, that wouldn't be good for our systems. We can't we can't have third countries. Anyone could come along. So and of course the Express is turning that around and screaming, "Oh, look at the bad EU!" When really it's like, "Well, guys, you're leaving. Do you not realise that that means you're going to be a third country? So you can't expect to be in all those EU institutions or European institutions." Um, um, you know, you guys are always screaming about you don't want ever closer union. Well, that is part of it. Cooperation, um, not just for trade and, and, and the politics, but there's, there's other things. Um, you know, there's all sorts of agencies, whether it's banking or medicine or whatever it may be. You know, Europol, the, uh, the European arrest warrant. There's all sorts of things where... Um, uh, well, where, where the UK was working together with the EU, other European countries, um, and they've the UK has chosen to become a third country. So I don't really know why they're complaining about not being able to participate in all these things anymore, or they're going to have to pay extra to be in there. So all of a sudden, EU membership might actually look like quite a good um quite a good deal um because you just pay that fee that as i said the other day if you look at what your taxes go to isn't actually that much and you get all these extra bits automatically you know you'd think that's fantastic but no so so yeah so there was um quite a lot of furor about that yesterday but that was only to be expected. And funny enough, that was what people warned about before the referendum that might happen. So I shouldn't really come as a surprise. Um, I also saw, interestingly, that BT, British Telecom, BT, are looking for an EU base. So even they um, want to make sure they're able to still access um, uh, the rest of, um, of Europe or the EU basically. So they want to have a base over there now. Um, but, um, but again, I, I only saw that on, um, on Bloomberg and he had to kind of look for stories. Um, I didn't see that mentioned on any on the, of the big outlets that the average um, punter would read. Um, so yeah, so that was quite interesting news. And I've also been listening to a very interesting podcast. Um, it's the one that Politics Psychology K do. Um, they frequently have um, 
uh, where they have the editor Ian Dunton and a panel of of experts. Oh my God, remember those experts? Um, so I'm just um, listening to the one where they're talking about uh, the Russian interference and how this is all a new way of working. And obviously, it's it's um, and it's not necessarily even to persuade people of something different. So the aim is just to make question people what they already know, what they know as true and what they accept as fact. Um, and I think this is where the whole, yeah, experts, but can we trust them comes from. So just trying to undermine what people know so that whatever they get told, um, they question it. They don't think that's true anymore. And it's and just spreading, not even spreading false information necessarily, so they made a distinction between information that is spread to to um, influence people and just to be wrong. And some information is just it's just that it's just clickbait. It's just it's just from people who don't really care about what people do politically, what they believe in. All they want is just people to click on on that particular story so they can get advertising revenue. Um, so he made a distinction between that and and the deliberate spreading of false information. Um, which I think is fair. Um, but yeah, what the Russians are doing is, is basically just um, not even going on political forums or, you know, um, newspapers and the like. Um, but they started with, they, they started with, with, with things that had absolutely nothing to do. So it could be, it could be something about a cookery or needlecraft or whatever. So just kind of make people question things. So it started with having pro-Kremlin propaganda. Apparently it all started with Ukraine, that invasion of, of Ukraine 2014, where they kind of tried it out. Um, and it's very cheap because people can do it from home. They just do a bit of bit of trolling um, and they get a bit of extra money for that and they can run several accounts um, and just kind of, yeah, just just spreading a little bit of... of, of um, uh, of, of not even yeah misinformation sometimes just making people doubt what they've heard um, yeah so and that's that's their new way of uh, of thinking and they said about Facebook that yeah Facebook just wanted to really just bring people together and um, uh, and make some money um, and he said yeah they were just naive they didn't think that it was going to take off in this way and and be used for the nefarious purposes of influencing politics. Um, um, the other interesting thing about Facebook, they said, was that um, Facebook is is actively trying to steer away from um, making editorial decisions and and kind of editing their content because, especially in the US, apparently there are laws. If they if they did this in a minor way, they would they would be counted as a as a newspaper and there would be there would be different um uh there would different rules would apply to them whereas as long as they're saying well we're just a platform so other people put their stuff on here and um and therefore they're responsible for the content so that's better for them in a corporate way because i always thought oh well they just can't cope with the, the flux of, of, of information. Um, um, you know, they can't possibly edit everything and they have to rely on people to tell them. And even then they don't, you know, you hear these stories of Facebook being very reluctant of taking things down. Um, 
that you know seem to be very clearly against their own rules. But that's just because they're reluctant to to act as an editor because of the corporate environment they're acting in because they they want to be a platform rather than a news outlet or a, you know a, 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 like a like a newspaper because um, different rules would apply. So again, just something to do with with the legal environment and possibly taxes. Whatever. Um, I think I zoned out of taxes, but I thought that was a that was quite an interesting interesting point, interesting bit about um, Facebook. Anyway. Um, That can be my boo for the day, so I'll leave it here. Hope you all have a splendid 20th of June, and um, hopefully I'll speak to you again tomorrow, on the longest day tomorrow, no less. You know, it was really weird yesterday, driving back at... I mean, when when else do you have half past nine in the evening, you're driving and there's still plenty of cars without lights on? It was was that light. It was amazing. Um, And still, um, at 11, it wasn't completely pitch black yet. The, the, the side was still a little bit bright where the sun had gone down. So it is in the west, but, you know, by 11 o'clock, you'd think it's pitch black out there. It wasn't. Um, I, I find that quite quite freaky. <laughs> um, and by the time I get used to it, the days will get shorter again. So, oh, well, hey-ho, it's the time of year, isn't it? Anyway, um, thank you very much for listening, and I'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now.